Hey, it's Bill Simmons. I wanted to tell you about Black on the Air, hosted by the one and only, the great one, Larry Wilmore. Even though he's a Lakers fan, I still like him. I think he's talented. But he has all kinds of guests on, from Neil deGrasse Tyson to Al Franken to Bernie Sanders. You name it, they're coming on. Pop culture, politics, newsmakers. And then at, at the beginning of every podcast, Larry does a little riff about whatever is either sticking in his car or things that he's enjoying. Although he has been enjoying much lately the way the world's going. But uh, Larry will riff on anything. And then he has guests on. It's great. If you liked everything else that he's done, comedy-wise, if you love this Comedy Central show, you will love this podcast. It is a medium that he was built for. It is called Black on the Air, hosted by Larry Wilmore. Get it wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. I'm excited about our topics this week, Amanda. Why don't you tell the people what they are, Juliet? Okay, great. So we'll do a little Emmys ch- chatter, we guess, particularly with the Big Little Lies gals. Um, a lot of drama ch- there, yeah. Yeah, mad drums. A lot, as, be, as befitting the show they are representing, I think. So true. Um, then we will talk about some breakups, notably Rachel Bilson and... Uh, Hayden Christensen. I just refer to him as Hayden Star Wars. It's easier to say. Um, and then we'll get into our, that will be the DTR. And we'll also talk about one thing we each can't stop thinking about. But first, new movie out called Mother, small m, exclamation point, starring one and only Jennifer Lawrence. Indeed. Amanda, you saw Mother. How was it? I did not enjoy the film Mother, <laughs> much like the like, rest of America. Do you like the movies of Darren Aronofsky? He's real hit and miss. Mm. And I... I would not say that Black Swan was a perfect movie, but I enjoyed it. Um, And I just thought this was kind of pretentious. It was not for me. Should we spoil what it is? We'll give the brief summary. It is. (laughs) Oh, my God. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Fast forward 30 seconds. if You don't want to hear it. I I actually need you to tell me, though. Okay, I I want you to know that I'm already mad. I haven't even said the sentence yet. Okay, it is. It's an allegory. About basically the creation of Earth and global warming. Jennifer Lawrence. And so it's set in a nice house in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem are married. Jennifer Lawrence is supposed to be Mother Earth. And Javier Bardem is supposed to be God, as according to Genesis. Mm -hmm. And then they act out kind of everything that happens. And the allegory is about how humans are destroying the Earth. Okay. By destroying the house that Jennifer Lawrence so lovingly renovated. Who destroys it? Well, all of humanity gets invited to the house at some point. I see. So is there only two people in the movies? No, there is. There's a whole little Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel section. Oh, interesting. Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer is great in the film. Love Michelle Pfeiffer. She's Eve. And then... Oh, I was thrilled to see her at the Emmys with her husband, David E. Kelly. Yes. Also part of the Big Little Lies crew. We'll come back to that. And then a lot of... Javier Bardem is a poet. Mm. That's his non-allegorical job. And a lot of his followers show up to worship him. I see. Okay. So this sounds like nonsense is what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, it was not my taste. It received... An F from CinemaScore. Wow. Which That's I be- really bad. It's very bad. I believe there are 19 films in history that have received that F. People That's are, incredible. People are very angry. My favorite 
The New York Times actually has covered this film extensively, and they did at one point just pull together a list of all of the best comments from readers in response to the review of Mother. A.O. Scott, I thought, wrote a very nice, a very smart review of it, actually. Uh, he describes it as a hoot repeatedly, yeah. which it is in many ways. But that, It's a hoot. But that misled some people who thought they were going to see a comedy and then saw this pretty weird allegory horror movie. Also, I think, and kind of the reason we're talking about it is the fact that Jennifer Lawrence is in this film and there was not a lot of explanation of what the film was about ahead of time. They wanted to keep it a surprise and so they basically sold it on the strength of, hey, there's a new Jennifer Lawrence movie. So a lot of people went to the movie thinking they were getting Silver Lining Playbook 2 and then they got this, this weird fake auteur film. And right. people are angry. Right. So that is a good entry to some of the coverage of this movie this week. Yes. Um, there's like a roundtable in the New York Times with Darren Aronofsky and uh, Jennifer Lawrence. A lot of photos. There's other people in there. I like I like have blocked out. Like just Javier Bardem speaking the article. I, I, I think I he think might not. He is quoted, but there is a scene in which Jennifer Lawrence and Aronofsky are in a conference room together. Right. And the reason they're together is because they are now dating. Right. And let me tell you this, having seen this film, the response of I made this weird, creepy movie that does not totally respect the idea of woman. It thinks it does, but it doesn't. And now I'm going to date the guy who wrote it. I'm not sure that that's the choice I would make. Interesting. But that is the choice that Jennifer Lawrence made. So if you're interested in Jennifer Lawrence's romantic decisions, go see this movie just so you can under you understand what made her want to date Darren Aronofsky? It's <laughs> astonishing. What, what do you what do you think it is? Please di- diagnose it. You know, Jennifer Lawrence is, I believe, twenty six years old, mm-hmm. and she's she forty seven. Sure, she is young. She is an actress. She has respect for art and the cinema as Darren Aronofsky uh, refers to it. I think he actually just says cinema no the, which is possibly even more obnoxious. Sure. He just loves cinema. And, you know, I think that, I think this, she says in the film, it was a very, she says in the article that it was a very hard film to shoot. And once you see it, there are kind of some disturbing scenes. You can imagine that it was a pretty taxing process. And so I guess if the director is the person who's trying to steer you through this, then you you know, have some sort of emotional connection, you feel safe, and then you pursue that. Also, Darren Aronofsky apparently just has a way with attractive with women. women. Yeah. So he, because for a long time, he was with Rachel Weiss and has a son right. with Rachel Weiss. So I love Rachel Weiss. <laughs> I do too. I think she's fantastic. For the record. Yeah. I prefer her to Jennifer Lawrence. Yes. Um, the Jennifer Lawrence press tour is always interesting. It's very similar to the Taylor Swift situation, but I think more nuanced. But they're two, like, str- like for lack of a better term, like, strong women who will then elicit strong opinions. Like, people, like, really love them or have, like, some kind of vitriol against them. Right. The, the Jennifer Lawrence vitriol is kind of new. Yes. It's not new. It's been bubbling. But when she won the Oscar and she trips on the way up the stage and everyone except for our friend and co-worker Sean Fennessy just loved her. It was like, oh, yeah. what a breath of fresh air. And Charming. She's, she's so funny on Letterman. And 
She burps. Exactly. It's personality. How great. And you're exactly right that it's like Taylor Swift and that the things that made her unique and made people notice her uh, have become kind of tiresome as they extend. And she's still on Letterman being like, oh, I'm hungover and is all over the place, which is not her fault. It's, again, the public's fascination with celebrities and then also we want them to keep entertaining us which is unfair but yeah people have started to be warier of her and I think this movie which is difficult and not what people want artistically from Jennifer Lawrence yeah is kind of has become the focal point for what now what now for yeah. Jennifer Lawrence yeah and and one of the articles point there's a Vogue she's on the cover of Vogue and she's in this New York Times one that you mentioned points out that like she's had like a pretty remarkable run it, it's honestly swiftian like it, it their rises are kind of are injured it's like actually interesting to think about together but she did hungarians and x-men while also being like david o russell's muse before before being that for darren aronofsky she was nominated for winter's bone like she has she's had like a pretty amazing decade so far and now she's in this movie that everyone hates i would say the x-men movies are like less beloved than they used to be and it's sort of and then she has red sparrow coming out next year um which is another like action ish movie or whatever yeah it's atomic blonde but with jennifer lawrence right um i mean you know it's not (laughs) amanda please contain your enthusiasm (laughs) can i also just say that internally red sparrow is known as the sex spies book so that's an interesting oh it is for her yeah apparently like chris ryan talks about this a lot that that Chris Ryan loves these sorts of spy thrillers, but that one is notable for its explicit sex scenes. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see Jennifer Lawrence in that. But they released the trailer this week, and it looks exactly like Atomic Blonde, but you just substitute Jennifer Lawrence in for Charlize Theron. Eeks. This is the thing. I, I want to be on Jennifer Lawrence's side. The, she had one... There was like an Instagram or YouTube or something of her like a while ago going to Sir, which is the restaurant from the Vanderpump Rules that her friends. Yes. And like being really excited to be there. And that was before Vanderpump Rules was kind of like the most popular thing in reality TV. It was still a little bit of like a underground hit back then. And that was like fun and cool. And I, I that made me like want to be on her side. But um, it's just sort of like unfortunate that she can't seem like anything but a caricature anymore. Yeah, and I would say, again, part of that is just the system that she operates in now, is that yeah, the level of exposure that's required to be as famous as she is and as famous as Taylor Swift is and as famous as anyone who is making millions of dollars for a corporation, um, it the exposure is so great that you kind of can't help but get tired of everyone at some point. And it's unfair. And we start, you know, kind of nitpicking and picking on things as opposed to the people who kind of hide and then you show up and it's like, oh, we're great. We're glad to see you again. Yeah, I missed you. Yeah, but especially, I guess Jennifer Lawrence has been in the public spotlight for so long at this point and has been attached to so many movies like Hunger Games that – requires so much publicity yeah. that she, everyone was going to turn on her at some point. And I don't think that it's a full backlash. I no. don't, 
Not at all. And I, I will say, Katniss is is my favorite Jennifer Lawrence. I love I love her in, in the Hunger Games world. I, that's a fun trio. Like I would like to hang out with Liam Hemsworth, whatever his name is, Josh Hutcherson, and Jennifer Lawrence together. Seems fun. I'm a big fan of Silver Linings Playbook, Jennifer Lawrence. Mm, that's a good. I like that movie too. I know it has a lot of problems, a ton of problems, but I I very much enjoyed it. And I think you know it's preposterous that she is playing a 45 year old in American Hustle. Sure. But she's pretty fun in it. And uh, I like that movie. I just, I didn't love it. <laughs> I, I don't think I loved it either. Anyway, you know, I, I like Jennifer Lawrence. I don't think Jennifer Lawrence's career is over. And I don't even think people hate Jennifer Lawrence, but this is kind of a, it's, this is an interesting moment because I, I think every single person at this point has to, no one can be perfect anymore. There yeah. has to be kind of a dip and a backlash for everyone. And we've kind of reached Jennifer Lawrence's dip, as it were. Setback. How about setback? Sure. I like that. Um, I actually found her more charming in Vogue than I did in the New York Times, which might speak to the Darren Aronofsky. He was like a distracting bad influence of the New York Times. But I kind of liked some of her her quote. Her She tells a story in Vogue about how she is in a temporary house because her main house got like flooded because she had like crystals in it and she didn't want to be like a crystals person. And I really appreciated that. The one thing about Jennifer Lawrence, you could tell she watched a ton of reality TV and I love it. Yeah, there's a story that she's told a lot on the Mother Press Tour about how because the movie was so intense, they set up a little escape tent for her a place where she could go and kind of relax between takes and try to wash away some of the more disturbing aspects of the movie. And they say that the two things in it were gumballs and uh, the Kardashian television show on loop. Amazing. So she should, could just go and watch the Kardashians and relax, which say what you will about the Kardashians are great for that purpose. Totally. It really is. And I feel like the crystals thing is a subtle nod to uh, Spencer Pratt, who was really into crystals on the hills. That's very true. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I just I, I want to like her for this. She also does things like she has an oil painting of her dog. Which I'm just like, oh, okay, that's a yeah. rich person thing to do. You know, I realized that we didn't, we haven't talked about Passengers yet. And I think oh, what's yes. interesting about this is this is the second kind of box office failure for Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. So, and Passengers was pretty much indefensible. That, that was bad. And I didn't see it. It was about, I'll give you the two second summary. Sure. It's the future. We're colonizing. Well, it is. It's the future. I'm <laughs> just letting you know. So okay. you have a sense of where you are. We're in the future. We're in the future. We have kind of space colonies where people can go to live happier utopian lives. I think we've ruined Earth at this point. So, but to get to the space colonies, they put you to sleep for 100 years. But Chris Pratt wakes up and then he falls he finds Jennifer Lawrence's sleeping pot or something and so then he wakes her up also so that he can have a companion and then they fall in love and then she finds out that he woke her up and she's understandably really pissed because he basically sentenced her if they, since they're awake they're not going to make it to the space colony right so he has taken her chance at happy life away from her yeah, and he's, yeah, that's, but, like, so right. fucked up. It's really fucked up. And then she gets really mad, and in the end she gets over it, and they, like, have a nice happy life on the spaceship, and you're supposed to see it as a romance. Instead of Such bullshit. Chris Pratt robbed Jennifer Lawrence of a happy life on a space colony. Fuck that. It was not Seriously, well received, that. and it did not do as well as I think was hoped. And then Mother has also not been well received. So 
Yeah, it's interesting. I don't think this will have any effect on Jennifer Lawrence's ability to get roles. Me neither. Um, in fact, I'm excited about, about the Elizabeth Holmes movie. Yeah, she's gonna I was be just going to say. So she's doing Bad Blood, which is being directed by Adam McKay. Yeah, written and directed by Adam McKay. Yeah, and I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, Moneyball. I'm not, sorry, but The Big Short. And I, I'm like excited about that. I think he's like the right person to do that sort of recent history. I think he's the right person. I'm curious to see how Jennifer Lawrence brings Elizabeth Holmes to life. It seems Elizabeth Holmes seems a little cutthroat and not quite as sociable. Sure. And I feel like Jennifer Lawrence excels in roles where she gets to be a lot. She gets to show her personality. Right. Well, it's interesting. It's like she's playing a fraud. And the thing about Jennifer Lawrence is that she's like so transparently normal. Yeah, that's a great point. And so, like, can she be a fraud, or or is she, or can she only play characters that are like in some way earnest, whether it's like Katniss trying to do the right thing, or um, in Silver Lines Playbook, like you know, this woman just really wants to nail her dance and whatever, you know. So it's it's interesting. That's like I'm I'm looking forward to it. I am too, and I think what you said about Adam McKay is true, and it'll probably be good, and Jennifer Lawrence will be fine, and as long as she doesn't date Darren Aronofsky forever, I think that she'll get the rest of her life back on track. So it'll be okay for her. Let's hope. We're rooting for you, Jennifer Lawrence. Keep keep it going. Um, We're going to move on to more celebrity news. But first, let's talk about our sponsor. Julia. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard. There's this awesome app called Hotel Tonight that helps you find amazing hotel deals at the last minute. Oh, I love Hotel Tonight. I do too. I recently used it. I was on vacation and our flights got changed around and we had to be out of the place where we were staying. And sure enough, I logged on to Hotel Tonight and I was able to find shelter and a nice place to stay. Because it sounds counterintuitive, but unlike flights, hotel rates usually get cheaper at the last minute. But Hotel Tonight helps hotels sell their unsold rooms, allowing them to pass those deals along to you. These aren't last resort places. They're actually cool, top-rated hotels you want to stay in. And with so many awesome partner hotels in a ton of different countries, Hotel Tonight can help you find a great hotel almost anywhere. It's perfect for a spontaneous getaway or finally going on that trip that you've been wanting to take for a while or when your plans change and you need a place to stay. Uh, Because even though the app's name is Hotel Tonight, you can book up to a week in advance. All it takes is 10 seconds, just three taps, and a swipe. So get in on these killer last-minute deals and download the Hotel Tonight app now. Let's talk about the Emmys, Amanda. I'd love to. I watched them. So did I. Live. I was there. (laughs) I was not there, but I was in front of my TV. We were all there spiritually. Yes. Uh, Big Little Eyes won big. Congrats to that crew. That was very exciting for us as television viewers. And it was also very exciting as people who like to watch awards shows to parse out minute interactions between famous people. Okay, so let's break down the various storylines that came out of all the Big Little Lies wins, which meant that we got a lot of screen time of the very famous people associated with the show. Sounds great. Should we go in order? Yes. Okay, so first, Laura Dern wins for Best Supporting Actor in a limited series. Yeah, congrats to her. Congrats to her. She was very good. And as she is going up, all of the Big Little Lies cast members were seated in the same area, kind of on the aisle in a couple rows next to each other. And Laura Dern greets and kind of hugs everyone except for Reese Witherspoon. And Reese Witherspoon kind of reaches to give her a kiss and Laura Dern kind of blows by her and kisses, I think, Nicole Kidman or whoever else and then runs up there to give her speech. 
Yes. So uh, people were very concerned, or not concerned, I think people are actually quite delighted that this <laughs> seemed like Laura Dern was completely s- dissing Reese Witherspoon. So I, I watched the clip several times. Great. If, and one thing you can see is that when Laura Dern wins, her position is that she's leaning forward and Reese was immediately in front of her and her hands are touching the back of Reese's chair. So I was wondering if it's possible there was like contact in like a loving way before uh, between them before we saw or alternately she just like was using Reese's chair chair to help her stand like as like a support or whatever. But I think it is possible there was like some kind of like connection between them, whether it was like words or like holding hands or something like that, that we didn't see. I agree with you. I think that this was not a snub. No. I think that this was Laura Dern, woodland creature, being very excited and borne up on the goodwill of everyone and just was kind of flustered and missed the last thing from Reese. They, They are, if they're not good friends, then they are really excellent at faking it for the purposes of promotion. Totally. And Laura Dern appears on Reese Witherspoon more than any of the other people from Big Little Lies. Yeah. So I think that it was just she was swept up in the moment. Yeah. Okay, next. Nicole Kidman kisses Alexander Sarsgaard on the mouth. Yes, right next to her while her husband's right there, Keith Urban. Yes. (laughs) Hey, she's Australian. Maybe that's how they do it down there. So I just thought Nicole Kidman had a spectacular night. I just really want to perform. Killer dress. Killer dress. She looked amazing. She got up there and just gave a damn Oscar speech. Like It was three minutes. She was just talking about... The, you know, what art can do. It was like her whole life had led to this moment instead of she just like won an Emmy for seven episodes of television, which not to diminish, I have not won an Emmy for any episodes of television, but um, it was a tenor that you normally only see at the Oscars, which are yeah. much more self-serious. Yeah, absolutely. Um, she thanked her children. And yeah. she only thanked her kids with Keith Urban, did not mention her children with with uh, Tom Cruise. Connor and Isabella Cruz, which is notable to me. I know that they had that there was, you know, some tension between them, but I, th- I just still think that's notable. It's it's notable. It's very hard. I think. I mean, you just have to wonder how much Scientology is playing in all of this. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's really tough. Just want to, you know, just yeah, want to throw that out there. It's a good thing to point out. And then she kisses very hard hot Alexander Sarsgaard on the on the mouth. It wasn't like they were making out. Let's be clear. Let's do degrees of kissing. Sure. It I was mean, European greeting. Yeah. In some ways, though, I almost found it like more intimate. It wasn't like a makeout, but it sort of was like so casual. Like, oh, we do this all the time. I'm just going to give you a peck on the lips. They did do it all the time for a while. <laughs> it's true. Um, he looked really, probably the best he's ever looked. Yeah, it was pretty extraordinary. He also won for Best Supporting Actor, which I think it was probably the most unnecessary of the Big Little Lies wins. Yeah. But he did look good. Yes, he did. Great, great uh, tuxedo. I think hot accountant was the phrase that was used. Yes. Uh, that's, I think he's it's more It's an that. extremely hot accountant. Yeah, it's like shout out to all the accountants then if that's the case. Yeah. I think also Keith Urban seemed fine with all of it. So, okay. So my favorite moment of the night was when she won and Keith Urban was like trying to help her on stage. Yes. And she kind of like was not aware of the fact that he was like sort of like trotting beside her and she was like clearly didn't need any help but he was just trying to be like chivalrous and like in the moment it was hilarious he just it was it was a tough look for him I really enjoyed it a great window into a marriage absolutely absolutely um and then the biggest drama oh this was so great I loved this 
So Big Little Lies wins Best Limited Series. Congratulations to our show that we love. Congrats. And everyone goes up on stage. And then there's the question of who will hold the Emmy and speak. Will it be Reese Witherspoon or Nicole Kidman? And pretty quickly, Reese Witherspoon in Tracy Flick mode just full on takes the microphone. And she makes a little joke about how the microphone decided who would speak because... Right. It's much the lower. Cho- chose me. Yes, because she's much shorter than Nicole Kidman. And so she's speaking. And meanwhile, she's holding the Emmy. And Nicole Kidman is also holding the Emmy or trying to anyway. And there is you can look for this on the Internet. We'll also tweet it out. Uh, video of close up of them on the hands just trying to grab control of the Emmy, which is pretty fantastic. And Reese Witherspoon wins. <laughs> totally. As we knew she was going to. It's funny. I think Nicole Kidman is like a late add to the mind trust behind this show, brain trust behind this show. Like in much of the run up, it wasn't like from the great minds of Jean-Marc Vallée, David E. Kelly, and Reese Witherspoon, and Nicole Kidman. Right. Like I, I think she's been inserted into the narrative a little late. Yeah, she was. And there was, she did an article by herself in the Times before it started. Mm. They gave an account of kind of how she and Reese emailed and recruited everyone to do it. But she did one solo and then Reese and Laura Dern did one together. Right. So I think your point is well taken. Um, I like it. I, I like it all. I, I will say so predictable that people try to make all these into feuds. That's very like, true. Like just that's like almost the point of Big Little Lies. Like that's like the most predictable thing that could happen. It's true. That's also kind of why I'm not mad at it. Yeah. The, the part about the not knowing who is going to hold the Emmy is pretty fun. I think they pose together for a million pictures afterwards. And if they dislike each other, then again, they're both I guess they're both Oscar winning actresses. So yeah. they can hide it. But it, totally. it was delightful. I enjoyed it as well. Congrats to them. Um, I would like to move on to DTRing so that we can talk about something I did not enjoy from the Emmys. Oh dear. Okay. <sighs> okay. Ben Affleck was there. He was sit- seated in the crowd, not an aisle seat, not nominated. He was there accompanying his new, um, girlfriend, I suppose. Yeah. Lindsay Shukas, who is a producer on Saturday Night Live, which won many awards. And I don't know anything about her. She's probably fine who knows but i'm just having a really hard time coping with ben affleck's new relationship i can only imagine how his kids feel here's what i want to say the first thing is that we were only aware that ben affleck was there because our co-worker andrew gritadero spotted him kind of in the corner of the shot when saturday night live won its emmy and you and I both independently went back to rewind yeah. and pause and spot Ben Affleck. So he was there. We have Absolutely. two eyewitnesses, you and me. But it was not, I didn't see him on the carpet. He was not featured in the show. And, you know, in some ways that's nice. He was there as a date. It was his girlfriend's nice night and he shouldn't upstage her. And it was pretty funny how hidden he was. Also, the worst seats in an awards show that Ben Affleck has ever had. Ever. Just Ever. Ever. It was like half the way back in the auditorium. Yeah. Anyway, I this in is emotion- middle of the row. Yeah, it's true. Trying to hide, basically. Yeah. So this is emotionally hard for you. Yes, it just really is. Can you tell I us why? I just was so attached to the Garner Affleck marriage. I think it's because I just find their kids so cute, and and I don't know. I just really wanted them to work out. It's like an, an irrational attachment, but sure. I'm just having a hard time. I guess Very what upsetting. I I guess what I would want to know is 
Why was it the Emmys that made you realize that that marriage was over? Because, <laughs> quite frankly, we've talked about it on this podcast for about like two, for two years. Literally. Um, great. I, I can't believe it's. I can't believe a year of wine was like over eighteen months ago. First of all, I take umbrage. Yeah. Um, the nanny Christine Uzunian oh is God, so long ago. I forgot about the nanny. I would. I just. Oh, oh my, how could you forget? Um, I don't know. I just think it's like such a formal, such a formal uh, date, basically. You know, you know. I guess we have talked about before and how we DTR a relationship and yeah, what makes it official. And we have talked about making public appearances together, walking a red carpet, yeah, doing the thing as a couple. Is it's a new level. Yeah, it is. Exactly. Thanks. You got it. Yeah. yeah. So I guess I understand why. I would say in this particular one that you had some warnings, Juliet, just a little. I know. I know. They've I also should... just been caught by the, not caught even, but they have been photographed by the paparazzi intensively for the last few weeks. Yeah, you're right. That's true. Both in it's New York true. and L.A., I would say. Um. Yeah, and I guess that's the other thing. Like, they're not trying to hide it anymore. It's just sort of like, yeah, this is a relationship world. Deal with it. And I'm like, okay, well, I didn't want to deal with it, but you're forcing me to. Okay, <laughs> we'll get through it. Thank you. I'm. Thanks for listening. It's sure. really, it's really hard. Um. There was a couple other breakups this week, yes. including Rachel Bilson and Hayden Christensen. This one goes out to our producer Tate Frazier. Yeah, the sorry, world's Tate. number one Hayden Christensen fan. Uh, I think he might. I think he had two. It was probably Tate and Rachel Bilson. Now he's down to one. Yeah, that's well. At least he has Tate. That's uh, true. At least yeah. He has Tate. Do you want to? Do you want to fill in what happened with them? Um, she was like, "You're not in Star Wars anymore, bro." <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know what happened with them. Do you know? No, not at all. But that was kind of the thing about them. Quite they were a couple. They were always pretty secretive, and I feel like. When they got married, I thought they'd been broken up for four years. Yeah. And now they are broken up again. They were together a long time, though. Nine years, I think? Yeah, it's long. Okay. It's long, and especially for the two of them, or like kind of like come up in Hollywood. I guess, is Hayden really coming up in Hollywood anymore? No, I'm saying they came up, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, he's over. He's definitely over. Is he even in any movies anymore? Not no. that I'm aware of. Tate? Yeah. Oh, he's right. got he's got movies coming out. He had First Kill come out with Bruce Willis. He's got okay. Gnome at the end of the edge of the end. He's got some movies. Okay. 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 Cool, Tate. Um, let's move on to our one thing. I just can't stop. Can't just can't stop thinking about. Okay. Would you like to go first? I would because it's related to breakups. Okay. It's Fergie. I'm really, really into Fergie's new song with Nicki Minaj called You Already Know. Okay. And uh, it came out this week that she had separated from Josh Jumel, her husband. Yes. And I'm just back in the Fergie zone. I don't know if anyone else is, but the video for You Already Know came out and she looks amazing. And I've been playing that song and then on Spotify and then it um, automatically goes into Fergalicious afterwards. And I'm like, I am ready to admit in the year 2017 that I really enjoy the music of Fergie. I, I'm not sorry about it. And I hope that she has more hits coming. Julia, do you know who agrees with you? Who? My husband, which really? is a continuing source of shame. Really? Yeah. Great news. And so the first thing that happened when I read about Fergie's divorce is I let my husband know and I received the I've really enjoyed our time together. I hope you'll understand from him. <laughs> so you are not alone. I think many people are ready for the Fergie Renaissance. That's great. It's I, a really good song. Have yeah. you heard it? Yes, I have. 
I, I'm biased <laughs> for reasons I just explained. So I, I'm kind of mystified. I wish Fergie well. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Great. Will I am is um, a producer on the, on the track, which okay. I found notable because there was rumors that like black the Black Eyed Peas hated Fergie now, and I was like, well, he's still producing a track for her. Maybe it's for money, but that means something. Will I am is not like hurting for cash. I believe the album comes out next week, so I'm I'm psyched. She looks okay. so good in the video. I hope I look like that when I'm in my mid forties. I definitely won't. You're making I me think of Dare to Dream. There was a very illuminating episode of the Kardashians in which mm. Kim appeared, I believe the music video for MILF. And mm, yeah. And this was a behind the scenes look at what goes into making a Fergie movie and Kim's involvement in the Fergie video. I would recommend it to you and to okay. anyone who wants that. They seem like hardworking individuals. One thing I've been meaning to do, and I'm going to reveal this to you and whoever is listening, the five people, is that I listened to Fergalicious like I, like many times in the last week, and I'm like, what are they spelling? I need to look it up. <laughs> Did you find out? Um, no, I'm going to do it after this podcast. Okay. I'm just like, what? Because it's like just confusing. But anyway, it's great, great song. Everyone check it out. <laughs> it's incredible. Oh, they're spelling tasty. Okay. Okay. Tasty and delicious. That's not the same as Fergalicious. That's why I was so confused. Anyway. All right. My one thing. Yes. This is a little bit older, but we haven't had a jam session since it since it happened. So Juliet. Yes. Graydon Carter, the editor of Vanity Fair, is leaving Vanity Fair. <sighs> Woo, this is a big one. Big one for you, Amanda. It is a big one for me, and it's a big one for Jam Session because Vanity Fair supplies a lot of this stuff that we talk about. But I don't want to specifically, I don't want to get to media whatever for a lot of reasons. But mm -hmm. Jan Wenner. Yes. Who until recently owned Us Weekly and then sold it off is now also, but more famously is the founder of Rolling Stone, is selling mm -hmm. Rolling Stone. And there are a couple other magazine things, but I am just concerned about the future of celebrity journalism. I'm just wondering what's oh. going to happen. Yeah, I mean, this is a topic we've been circling for many weeks. It is. And, you know, obviously Vanity Fair will continue to do what it does and cover celebrities. And I, I don't know that, well, I guess we don't know, but I would be surprised if the kind of celebrity-driven cover stories that we so enjoy will change that much because I think yeah. that's pretty, that's kind of their brand and their lane. But it is just all of the sources and all of the places where we used to get our news are kind of fading away. And it's very interesting and slightly concerning. Yeah. And, you know, where do we go for news now? Um, great question. I also think party reporting is um, underappreciated. Yes. And I've, I've, I've always thought, like, whatever people have opinions about Vanity Fair, like, they're, they do great. They, they do a kind of party report that I really like that I, I wonder if that will continue to exist. Like a very small morsel. Like I'll never forget reading in Vanity Fair about how um, Meryl Streep and Christine Baranski used to shut down all these all the bars together in London when they were filming Mamma Mia. And that was like an anecdote pulled from like a red carpet appearance. Amazing. And, yeah. you know, I don't think Vanity Fair is not going away. I don't think Rolling Stone is going away. Us Weekly has not gone away, though. The us weekly has changed i don't we haven't talked a lot about it because i honestly don't buy it anymore yeah for a lot of reasons but the covers are a little more questionable like us weekly is starting to kind of move away from reliable territory 
Yeah. And it's small shifts. And that makes me sad. Yeah. Totally. And I and I just think I think that these kind of represent the end of an era. And we have yeah. to start kind of talking a little bit more about the new sources, which I think are honestly like Instagram stories and kind of the yeah. direct from celebrities themselves. I was watching you watch the Busy Phillips Instagram stories from Penny yes. Time, right? Yeah. Did course. you happen to see the one yesterday about where she was just kind of tracking the process of the paparazzi following her? No. It was interesting. And she did it exactly the right way. She was kind of like, this is not a big deal. This is not, my mm-hmm. life is not being ruined. And, you know, I benefit from fame and all this stuff. She was the right amount of self-aware. Mm-hmm. But she just kind of followed the TMZ guy. And she said, there's another guy by my car and he's the east side guy. And you just kind of know him if you go certain places in L.A., which I thought was fascinating. And she's clearly kind of built up a celebrity following on her own directly. So I I think that that's kind of what we'll have to do from not what we'll even have to do from now on. I think I like I enjoy watching Busy Phillips Instagram. Sure. She's great. High Particularly busy. when she and uh Michelle Williams are revisiting Dawson's Creek. Totally. But it's interesting. That really is, I think, gonna be the way that we get kind of all of our celebrities and our personalities from now on. That's a captain right. obvious statement, but there was something about Vanity Fair and Rolling Stone that made me realize like the change, the transition has arrived. Right. It's here. It's over. The future is here, Juliet. We are in the future, that's, just that's like in past years. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's this week's jam session. The yeah. future is here. Congratulations. Uh, thanks as always to everyone for listening. Thank you so much. We'll be back in two weeks. <laughs>